This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my uh, social distortion co-host, Free Tucker. <laughs> I couldn't think of one. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? That's okay. You're just exposing my punk roots. That's all. I just had to read her shirt. I'm like, what am I going to say about for you today? I will read her shirt. <laughs> That's how it goes here. That's how it goes. Hey, it totally works. Like we were just talking about like a music playlist that I found for... Um, a book that we just did in our book club. And the first song on there was The Clash. The Clash, yeah. How could I not love it? Yeah. How could I not? Yeah, our book club. <laughs> oh my gosh. So guys, we do, it's called Balance. It's a coaching program for moms. And as part of it, it's a monthly book club where we invite the authors of the books usually. And yes, we, and we've had some phenomenal month. ones. But oh, this yeah. month. Yeah, this month, it was phenomenal. We did my book, Finley Donovan is Killing It. Which is fabulous. If you have not read it, it's like a combination between like, Chicklet, which I have a hard time calling chicklet because really it's about just fiction about women and like a mystery and it's comedy and it's just really, really great. Oh, I utterly loved it. And it's funny because I do a lot of my books on Audible. So mm -hmm. it just, I do it. It's better that way for me. And I am dying for the time that I get alone that I can turn on my Audible so that I could hear this book. So yeah. it was amazing. And then Ellie, Ellie came to our book club. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And that we've had so many other great guests too, like uh, KJ Delantonia, the author oh of the Chicken gosh, Sisters. Yes. She was part of our book club. Another highly, highly suggested book, the, the Chicken Sisters. Amazing. Yeah. So that, yeah, book club is just phenomenal. And uh, we're we're in our second week, guys, of Calm and Happy Parenting. If you're a Calm and Happy Parenting student, shout out to you. We are changing Woo! communication styles and families and getting kids to help out and uh, be able to delegate more as moms. And it's just 
phenomenal. You know, last week was our first week, and that's where we talked about having priorities. And yeah. that is the one that I struggle on a lot. Yes. Trying to figure out how to organize and what to focus on. I swear, I am like, I'm the squirrel. I'm the, no, not the squirrel. I'm the dog that's chasing the squirrel and up like, squirrel, squirrel. Well, a lot of the issue in having priorities is not putting ourselves first, like neglecting our own needs for putting our family's needs before ours. And that's when we get really stressed out and burnt out, which actually leads us into our topic today about upper limits. Oh my gosh, yes. This is uh, upper limits. Ever since you told me about it, I was like, yes, I have that so, so much. Yes. So today we're talking about fighting your upper limit, what it is, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. If you hate making meal plans and grocery lists as much as I do, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if someone just made all your meal plans for you and gave you a grocery list with everything you needed on it? So that happens at Eat at Home Meal Plans. It's something that I have been using for like two years now. It's the recipes are yummy. They're easy. My kids like them too, which is actually a very high bar because my kids don't like anything with flavor. And this has flavor flavor. So it's a win-win, but go check out Eat at Home Meal Plans, noguiltmom.com backslash eat dash at dash home. And you get a special discount for being a No Guilt Mom podcast listener. Just enter the code noguiltmom, all one word at checkout. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So when we first started talking about upper limits, 
here just at No Guilt Mom. It was after I read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Mm-hmm. And so much in that book rang true for me. So like if you've ever experienced this, have you been used to kind of doing a lot of stuff in your house and then all of a sudden you get a second to sit down and maybe like your spouse starts cleaning up in the kitchen or doing dishes and this little like pang rings inside of you and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I should be working right now. I shouldn't be relaxing. Like have right. you ever had that? Oh my gosh, yes. Like specifically when we were talking about this, you shared a story about like one night you were sitting and I don't know if you're watching TV or reading something and your husband started doing dishes mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, is this okay? And he's like, yeah. I still ask that. I'm still like, am I okay relaxing? Yeah. And my husband, the wonderful man that he is, he's like, yes. <laughs> right? And like, we have that in our household too. And a big thing with it that always makes me feel guilty is that I hate dishes. I hate Oh, dishes. I hate them too. You know my, my right. hate of dishes, yes. And Miguel doesn't mind them, as a matter of fact. They're very calming to him. So like, I go and I sit down after dinner and he's doing dishes. And I, I have finally gotten to a point now where I don't feel the guilt anymore because mm-hmm. we have had countless and I mean countless conversations thank you Miguel for being so patient with me (laughs) about me being like I feel guilty that you're doing this and he's like yeah I feel guilty when you don't let me do it or not guilty he again enjoys doing it but yes it's all the time it's crazy it's like we get in this state of relaxation and happiness and then we see someone else doing something for us and we're like oh my gosh no we shouldn't be relaxing we shouldn't be happy we should be working i feel guilty that i am feeling good about what i am doing yeah it's insane and that is our upper limit problem it's like when we hit our upper limit and our upper limits meaning when we like achieve like success or it could be happiness or it could be like wealth you hear this a lot with lottery winners like you, you think lottery winners and you're like oh poor them but most lottery winners like lose all of their money right away <laughs> because they're not used to having it. And it's because our ego tends to bring us back down within the lines of our comfort zone where we feel comfortable. So like me on the couch or you on the couch relaxing, it's not our comfort zone if someone else is working because we're so used to being in that position of taking care of everyone that when we sit down and when we relax, we're like, oh, got to get up. God, why do we have this overwhelming guilt anytime we're taking time for ourselves? Seriously. I have no That's idea. So I wish I did it. I'm working on it day by day by day. And Where's that switch? I need to flip that switch somewhere. Well, if you have this same issue, we're going to give you some tips right now that you can work through this upper limit problem. Yes. And do keep in mind that for many of us, it is a work in progress. So it's not going to be like a quick fix, but it definitely helps quite a bit. And we did quite a bit of research on this. Like, Mm -hmm. And if you search upper limit problem, you will find no shortage of articles about this. This is very, very well known. And there's a lot lot of discussions about this out there. Yeah. So the first step of conquering your own upper limit problem is to recognize it's there. Yeah. Just acknowledging it, right? Just acknowledging that, hey, am I feeling a little bit uncomfortable right now because I'm getting stuff I want? Oh, it doesn't mean that I don't deserve it. It means that there's an upper limit problem there. And I think that is a big thing right there because Mm -hmm. I think that guilt that we feel that, oh, I should be doing something else or, oh, I, I shouldn't be enjoying myself right now. It is that. It's that guilt or that feeling that like we don't deserve it. And Mm -hmm. golly jeepers, we do too. We do a lot. And I'm putting on like my my armchair expert hat. Uh, That term goes outside as podcast so I can use it. (laughs) I feel like women have this problem a lot more than men, although men do have this issue. But like in Shonda Rhimes' book, The Year of Yes, 
She describes the scene where all of these very accomplished television writers and female showrunners were all in a room together. And they were going around the room and introducing ourselves or they were being introduced. I can't remember which one it was. But all of them were like, what? No. He's like, I have a little show. That's okay. It's like, you have Grey's Anatomy. Like, (laughs) And they're all like discounting their own success. Because they feel like they have to, right? And that is the upper limit problem. That's the upper limit problem. The feeling that we don't deserve what we have worked so hard for and that we don't deserve the happiness that comes with it. Which is BS, people. BS. BS. So just recognize it's there. That's the first step. What's the second step, Brie? The second step is going to be to take some baby steps. I mean, it, we, we have to make small changes towards happiness. Yeah. And Denise Duffield Thomas, she actually talked about this in episode 66 of this podcast, where it's think about shopping. If you have shopped at Target your whole life and love Target, you can't go to Neiman Marcus and start shopping there and immediately feel good about it. Like <laughs> you would feel wasteful or like can't believe like you're spending that much money and like who do I, I think I am. And I don't belong here. Yeah. I belong somewhere else. Yep. And so yeah. you need to take baby steps up to whatever goal you're taking. So like just using the shopping metaphor again, it's like if you're shopping at Target and you're getting all your underwear at Target, maybe you just, you know, upgrade your underwear to like, you know, Macy's or like <laughs> Nordstrom's, you know, something just a little higher quality than what you have right now. And you get used to that and you get adjusted to that. And then you grow and grow from there. Just giving yourself really good care and attention, knowing what that feels like before you move on to the next level. Okay. I actually have an example of this in my yeah. life. Okay. So I did this when I was writing the outline for this episode. I was like, hmm, what can we do for baby steps? And I'm like, oh my gosh, my lemonade is a baby step. Mm-hmm. I know this this sounds crazy, so just bear with me, guys. All right, so one of my favorite, favorite things to do, it's like my reward for myself after like a tough day is I am in love with Wendy's strawberry lemonades. <laughs> Just I can't. They they are my it thing. Have, like the real pieces of strawberry it in them. Like okay, those it are... has strawberry puree in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I okay, love, 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 love it. Got it. So that is like my heart. Oh my god, I love this little thing, and it always makes me happy. And when I started getting them, like my daughter was like, "Oh, can I have some?" Because I'm one of those moms that just. And I think there's lots of us out there where we share everything with our kids. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like I never get a meal that's just mine. I never get like a drink that's just mine. I never get like anything that is just mine because my kids always know that. Mom will give some of this to me. So my daughter tried my strawberry lemonade and she really liked it. Mm -hmm. So then all the time, whenever I would get a strawberry lemonade, hey, mom, can I have some? Hey, mom, can I have some? Yeah, sure. Here, have some. And then after a while, I kind of started to get like a little bit bitter because she would drink so much of my lemonade. I'm like, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm feeling so guilty about the fact that I feel bitter that she's drinking my lemonade. I'm just going to get her her own lemonade. So she started getting her own strawberry lemonade. Now, again, I know this sounds like a crazy story, guys, but I'm getting there. But <laughs> so she started getting her own strawberry lemonade, and that made me feel better. That gave you an entire strawberry lemonade to yourself. Yes. And yes. I didn't feel guilty about having it because she had her own. And oddly enough, that little that little step of letting her have her own strawberry lemonade 
gave me the okay to start setting up more boundaries mm-hmm. in different areas of my life. Because you felt good. Yes. And I and it felt okay. And I was able to put up that boundary and I didn't feel guilty and things worked out well. So then I started giving more boundaries of like, okay, guys, this is mine. That is yours. And it's not that my kids don't get things from me. They still do. But it did kind of help me to have a little bit more you're allowed to do things that make you happy, Brie, and you don't have to share every piece of it with everybody else in your family. I think that is a fantastic lesson. <laughs> so, that's yeah. fantastic. So that's how Wendy's Strawberry Lemonade helped me gain some boundaries. It's the perfect <laughs> example of a baby step, though, because yeah. that one step and having success there gave you the confidence to pursue other, like, scarier boundaries. Yes. So it brought you up there. So it that, totally did. That's great. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So number three, stop the negative self-talk. And oh my gosh, so... My recent round of therapy, I go like in and out of therapy. It's funny, but I mean, I think it's a lot like what a lot of people do. Like you get into like it's this, maintenance. It's it maintenance. Is. It really is maintenance. You get into this space and you're like, you know what? I think it'd be really good if I talked to a therapist right now because I have some behaviors that aren't the best. A lot of my behaviors come from stress and anxiety. So I could feel like if I'm not really handling my anxiety well, something else is going on in my head and I need to talk to someone. So This was coming from August or September, and I was feeling really, really anxious. Mm -hmm. And so I started talking to a therapist, and she gave me this metaphor about what I was doing in my own head about negative self-talk. And you have to think about like this football team who's like really big and strong because they're used to playing all the time. They're the ones telling you all those things about yourself. Like, oh my gosh, you don't deserve this, and you didn't work hard for this. This is just luck. Like, who do you think you are? But it's the stuff that goes on in your head all the time and you don't even realize it's happening. Yep. And so that football team, it's really big and strong because it's used to playing. And here comes like the bench warmers and they don't play much because they're the positive team. (laughs) And they're the ones telling you that you're amazing or look at what you did there and look how you made your daughter feel and how happy she is. And look at what you accomplished today. Like... They're never there because they're always like, who cares about what you have to say? Go to the bench. (laughs) Because I mean, that's what we do to them. So what we need to do is start building up those bench warmers so that they can take over from the bullies. I love that idea. And you can build up the bench warmers just by telling the other guys that they can go sit on the bench instead. I'm not listening to you. Go away. Basically, (laughs) yeah. But it's like the way she said it is these bullies won't just be like, they won't respond to, I'm not listening to you. Mm. It has to be a conscious choice. So you're telling them, I don't choose to listen to you right now. And just you're kind of thinking in your head, you're turning away. You're just turning away. They're still there. You're not violent towards them. You're just like, 
I'm not going to listen to you right now and turn away. And you do it over and over again. And you start like putting in the bench warmers, the positive guys more often and more often by noticing your successes, celebrating your successes. I mean, we do something we call the 215 celebration. Yes, everybody needs to do this. Let's tell them about our 215 celebration. Every time at 215, we're like, okay, what did you do today? And we have to list off what we did today that made us happy or that we accomplished. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is. It might even just be, hey, I made out the door today and wasn't 20 minutes late to work. I was okay. (laughs) So instead of the negative, you'd be like, I was on time. (laughs) Okay. Was on time. I was on time today. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Because so much we focus on what we didn't do and we don't focus on what we do do. So that's a way to stop the negative self-talk. Just build up the good bench warmers. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. And number four is a big one, I think, that is a struggle for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. Number four is be open to receiving. (laughs) Okay. I I laugh at that. You like Joanne's laugh on that one? We just (laughs) talked about this one recently back on a couple of podcast episodes back about her her difficulty with this one sometimes. Okay. So in general, women, I feel like women are a lot of times we are able to classify ourselves as givers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We tend to give a lot of ourselves to others. Our identity is as givers. Right. Makes it so hard to let go of. Like number one mindset for no guilt mom, like about how I don't have to do everything to show my family that I love them Mm -hmm. because we are so overwhelmed by the feeling that we need to give, 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 give to show our love for others sometimes. Mm -hmm. But in this case, being open to receiving, you need to realize that in order to be successful, be very successful in almost anything that we do, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to be open to receiving from others in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of times that even means asking for help. Yes. And asking for help is a very, very hard thing to do. I know, right? Because we're supposed to know it all. We're supposed to be able to do it all. Like, don't we all want to be super mom? Which by the way, I hate that term. Yeah. And it feels kind of shameful asking for help. Like I put a lot of my identity in that the ability that I can figure things out for myself and that if I can't do it by myself, there's something I'm missing or something I haven't figured out yet. My brain does not go to, oh, you should just ask for help first. Right? And I think that that's a huge thing. I think so many of us, we feel like we have to figure it out. Part of it is societal, but also a big part of it is that guilt, Mm -hmm. that guilt that we're asking somebody else to help us with something. And you need to realize that it's not always asking for help too. Being open to receiving might even be just receiving that time for yourself. Yeah, getting time for yourself. And we laughed about the receiving thing because you tried to help me when I was hurt. And I'm like, nope, I can do it. I know. I can do it myself. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going downstairs to get water. Can I get you water? Nope, I can do it myself. I'm like, seriously, Joanne, I am walking downstairs. Just let me carry your water bottle with me. <laughs> like The backstory on that is I hurt my leg. And thankfully, I don't need surgery on it. It was a sprained PCL was the official medical diagnosis and it has healed on its own with a lot of ice and ibuprofen and whatever but no surgery so yay but oh my gosh that thing hurt more than when I like I've torn my meniscus before it hurt more than when I tore my meniscus and I did need surgery like my entire leg was cramped up I could not bend it I could not like walk well I couldn't do much of anything like just getting up from a sitting position or going down to a sitting position like I was wincing and bracing myself for the pain to come and here was Bree working here at the house and like we, we work outside sometimes on my back porch and I wanted to get something from the kitchen she's like let me get it I'm like no I could get it Ugh! and I like I would like push myself up and just wince and I could not receive the help because I just like 
I just associate getting help with weakness and it's not healthy. No, it's not. It's not. But I think a lot of us have it too. Like you've heard me talk too. I have the same issue with having a partner at home that is open to helping me is a real struggle for me. Mm -hmm. So like I suffer from migraines a lot. So I've always been used to because the the thing in our house was like, you're not feeling good. That's on you. So like I just, all right. So I was used to just kind of either working through them or the kids are even aware, my, my kids are aware, like when mom has a migraine, okay, they're, they're teenagers now. They're, they're well, they're 12 and 14, but okay, we'll make our own meal here. We'll do our own thing quietly. Let mom rest for a couple of hours and she'll take her medicine and she'll hopefully, you know, feel better. But I mean, like having someone that comes in is like, would you like me to go pick up the kids so you don't have to try to drive with one eye shut and one eye open? <laughs> do you want me to, um, you know, get us something to eat so that dinner is started and you're not starting it at 7.30 post-migraine. Like, that is so hard for me to accept the help. I always start with, no, I got it. Mm-hmm. And then and then Miguel comes back and like two minutes later is like, please let me help you. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Sometimes, and it's funny how sometimes you need someone to say that to you, to be yeah. like, please let me help you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that makes me realize in my case that I'm letting that guilt and that sometimes pride overshadow what I actually need to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's keeping me from getting better. So I mean, that, that I think that's a really, really big thing. Like once you can start giving yourself that time, receiving help, receiving the positive things that, that need to come towards you, then you get the a lot of times like that confidence and that experience to keep moving forward forward to Mm -hmm. actual growth (laughs) oh yeah and you know what we see this in our kids too like both my daughter and my son we recently started learning how to play piano and guitar and i found like this cool app so we don't have to go outside the house to do guitar and piano lessons okay which app it's called Simply Piano and Simply Guitar, but you can get both with the same yearly membership. Ooh. And like a yearly membership covers the entire family. It's like $124 for the year. It's amazing. And so I've started playing piano again and guitar because I I needed a hobby that was not related to No Guilt Mom. Yes, which you did. I did. <laughs> because, you know, I started No Guilt Mom, what, seven years ago, and it was my hobby at the time. Like, I wrote the blog, I did all the things that when it turned into a business, I kept doing all the things, and it brought me stress instead of, like, as much joy as a hobby did, because it's what what I did all the time. Well, I don't think the pandemic really helped. No. Because what, what activities you did have were shut down. Yeah. Yeah, with your hobbies that you did have outside of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, which many of us have suffered through this last year. Like it's gonna be hard getting back into things, I think, for a lot of us. Oh yeah. So I was like, you know what? I have always wanted to learn how to play the guitar, but I've always told myself that A, it's too hard, B, I don't have time for guitar lessons. And then the little C voice in my head, why spend money on something when you're gonna quit anyways? Like I have those Ooh, thoughts. I too. hate that one. I have them where And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so I got these apps, and uh, we've all been playing, uh, which has been great. My husband is actually a very accomplished musician, and he's the one who uses our piano and guitar. Like, he can just sit down and strum out a song and sing. And uh, all the rest of us are like, and that's what I want to do. I want to just take my guitar to the campfire and sing songs, and just that's my ideal. Wow. So so I'm working towards that. So one day, you guys are going to be the the Crone family musical band. Yes. (laughs) 
But um, seeing my kids go through this process of learning an instrument is very interesting in the terms of the upper limit problem. Mm -hmm. Because I took piano lessons when I was a kid. So starting this for me, there's a lot of review, but I am picking it up pretty fast because I've done it before. And I've known music before. My kids, they don't have as much experience with it. Um, They get frustrated and incredibly fast like mm. my son was yelling at the app <laughs> the other night oh and in the app it's really great because you could play a piano and it recognizes the notes it could hear them so it knows if you got it right so he starts screaming and it shows the note he's screaming at i'm like oh he screams in a high e that's very interesting <laughs> i love that oh my god so it's really great but Something that he knows that he gets frustrated easy and music and learning music is such a great activity for him because I could have those conversations. I'm like, okay, you're frustrated right now. It's time to stop. And then as soon as it goes down a little bit, I'm like, you know, this is going to be really great for you in managing frustration because you can go back again and again and all you know, you know it's going to be hard, but you're practicing managing that frustration and seeing if you can like push through it to get what you want and playing what you want. So last night he played for an hour on the app. Wow. And he was doing great. Because, I love that. And you could hear him at times. He's like, ah, ah. But he, he managed it pretty well. No, no, not not quite the E. Not not quite not the, the E flat. He not just quite there. Down. Mm. But then my daughter was learning guitar in the other room. And uh, you could hear her as well. And she's like, I just, this is all dumb. And I'm just not good at it. And I'm not doing it right. I'm like, this is supposed to be hard. And you're sitting there in your head too going like, oh, that's an upper limit right there. Yeah, it's supposed to be hard. And if you're messing up, you're doing everything right. This is exactly how it's supposed to go. Yeah. So it's interesting. So tell us, what do you guys think? Do you have an upper limit problem? I'm guessing yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. When do you feel it bubbling up? When do you feel that upper limit problem turning its guilt, you know, guilty feeling head towards you? And, you know, how are you going to fight it? Are you going to try these four? Do you have something else you're going to try? Have you done something to help start you on that path of working through the upper limit problem? We would love to hear about it. Head on over to the No Guilt Mom Facebook page. You're going to find a post there with this episode. So you just comment below that and we could start the conversation there and Bree and I will join in and it'll be tons of fun. Yeah. So remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.